It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, April 24th. Coming up today. Kevin McCarthy says the House will pass his $1.5 trillion debt ceiling increase this week. Credit Suisse sees massive outflows during a frantic first quarter. Microsoft, Amazon, and Meta lead a busy week for tech earnings. And Bed Bath & Beyond is the latest retailer to file for bankruptcy. The U.S. evacuates American diplomats and family from the deadly fighting in Sudan. Plus a call to mandate safety standards for lithium-ion batteries. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Knicks won, lead their series 3-1. A loss for the Islanders who trail 3-1. Losses for the Mets and Yankees. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with a debate that could come to a head for markets in the coming weeks. The risk of U.S. default on its debt is front and center. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says his plan to raise the debt ceiling by one and a half trillion dollars will pass this week. We're the only ones in Washington that are actually putting a responsible plan out that will raise the debt limit. Think about it, for more than 80 days it's been since I sat down with the president on February 1st to negotiate, to work through this, and he's ignored it. Speaker McCarthy discussed his plan in an interview with Fox News. He still may need to convince members of his own party. A person familiar with the counting tells Bloomberg McCarthy still has not lined up enough votes to pass his bill. Well, sticking with politics, Nathan, it looks like the latest presidential polling shows both parties suffering from candidate fatigue. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. This is a new NBC News poll that shows Americans souring on a Biden-Trump rematch. And, of course, at this point, the most likely scenario it is at this stage. Trump has emerged as a strong frontrunner on the GOP side. Biden is looking to formally announce as early as this week. But the polling shows most of those surveyed, 70 percent said Biden should not seek re-election. This while 60 percent said Trump should bow out. Biden's age was a top issue, while Trump's indictment didn't seem to mean much. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Ed. Let's turn to markets now, where it's a busy week for corporate earnings. More than a third of the companies in the S&P 500 report results, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
Technology will be in focus when we hear from Microsoft, Meta Platforms, and Alphabet. Lisa Shallot is Chief Investment Officer for Wealth Management at Morgan Stanley. So far, earnings have been mixed at best. You know, certainly we've had a sector mix issue here that, you know, has prevented a, a material meltdown, but we've had some big names missing and missing on fundamental things like demand, like pricing, like margins. This week, we hear from a wide range of companies including General Motors, Caterpillar, ExxonMobil, GE, MasterCard, Visa, PepsiCo, UBS, and UPS. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. We also get earnings from a closely watched regional bank today. First Republic reports after the close of U.S. trading. Herman Shen is senior U.S. regional bank analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. First Republic is important because they are sort of viewed as the ones in the crosshairs the most. If that one does face an issue from the FDIC coming in, the domino effect could happen again and, and the spotlight could shift to other banks that maybe are performing a bit weaker versus the others. So it's incumbent for First Republic to really stabilize themselves for the industry's stake. And we'd expect to see some commentary on some stabilization in their deposit outflows later in the quarter, which should be helpful. And Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Herman Chan anticipates more than $80 billion in deposit attrition at First Republic. That's before larger banks swooped in to backstop the lender with $30 billion. And as we await those earnings, Karen, one big bank CEO says the world is not facing a banking crisis. Morgan Stanley's James Gorman tells Nikkei the banking system will remain stable and healthy. Gorman says some individual firms mismanage their duration and interest rate risk, but most banks have not. Well, in Europe, Nathan, we're also watching banks this morning. Earnings are out from Credit Suisse, showing a frantic first quarter marked by heavy outflows. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Ewan, good morning. Good morning, Karen Nathan. As if UBS needed a reminder of the challenge on its hands after the emergency takeover of rival Credit Suisse, the failed lender saw $69 billion of outflows in the first quarter. In its final earnings report, we also found out that new that key units at Credit Suisse continued to lose money and shared clients. And it borrowed far more from a central bank liquidity backstop than previously known. Plenty more to deal with for new owner UBS. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Back here in the U.S., one of America's most well-known retailers has filed for bankruptcy. Let's get the details live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Nathan, Bed Bath & Beyond shutting down. Act fast if you want some towels or bed sheets. They're going to be liquidating 360 Bed Bath & Beyond stores at 120 Bye Bye Baby Shops immediately. This longtime customer expressed what many are feeling. I'm sick that's closing. They stop accepting coupons and membership discounts Wednesday. Sales at any remaining brick-and-mortar stores will be completed. The locations will be empty by June 30th. Analysts say poor management and a high debt load suffocated the company. Founded in 1971, the New Jersey-based company currently employs about 14,000 people. There is a tiny sliver of hope. Bed Bath & Beyond says it may pivot away from store closings in the unlikely event it finds some last-minute suitor. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. And confusion surrounding Twitter is deepening this morning. A number of high-profile accounts saw their prized blue check marks reinstated, even though some of their owners have been dead for years. Celebrities and public figures took to the platform to deny having paid the $8 a month. 
It's 45 degrees in New York. We'll have a mix of sun and clouds today and a high near 60. Mostly cloudy tonight, getting back down to around 45. Now let's look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. President Biden personally ordered the evacuation of the U.S. Embassy in Sudan's capital, Khartoum, as fighting continues between two rival military groups. The U.S. government made the decision that it was no longer safe to have the embassy personnel there anymore. Senate Intelligence Committee Chair Mark Warner says the U.S. is working on rescuing the many aid workers still in Sudan, sheltering in place. We are working with a lot of international partners, uh, in this case, uh, partners from the Middle East, even I believe working with, with China and Europeans to say those aid workers, we need to find a safe way to get, to get them out. Senator Warner spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. Jury selection is set to begin today in the federal death penalty trial of a truck driver accused of shooting to death 11 Jewish worshipers at a Pittsburgh synagogue. Robert Bowers faces 63 counts in the 2018 attack at the Tree of Life synagogue. There is a new push to crack down on poorly made lithium-ion batteries after a spike in fires. Some of them were deadly, including an eight-year-old girl who died after a fire in their New York home. New York senators are now pushing for federal safety guidelines. Senator Chuck Schumer in New York City announced a new bill to mandate safety standards for lithium-ion batteries. When you hear from the fire commissioner that our firefighters are having to learn in real time about these dangers because they can explode and combust, particularly in fires, you know that we need to act quickly. The Senate Majority Leader was joined by fellow Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, saying many of the batteries are produced in China and are unsafe. A South New Jersey Little League is taking aim at spectators who fight with volunteer umpires over calls they don't like. Now, Deptford Township Little League officials say if you fight with the umps, you could find yourself calling three games before you are allowed back in the bleachers. Township Little League President Don Bazuffi. They're not baseball players, they're children. So always keep that in the back of your mind and let them play. League President Bazeffi says it's gotten so bad two volunteer umpires have quit in the past week. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Bard. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Knicks fans haven't enjoyed a weekend like this past one in a long time. Wins at the Garden Friday night, then again yesterday afternoon. A little closer than Game 3 was. Knicks blew a 15-point lead and fell behind, but they beat Cleveland 102-93. And now for the first time in a decade, they are just one win from advancing to the second round of the playoffs. Jalen Brunson, 29 points. R.J. Barrett with 26. The Knicks won without much from Julius Randle. Only 7 points, 2 rebounds, and he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Coach Tom Thibodeau saying Randall is still suffering from the late season ankle injury. The Cavs star Donovan Mitchell had only 11 points, shot 5 of 18, had 6 turnovers. Game 5 is Wednesday in Cleveland. Boston won in Atlanta to go up 3-1. Minnesota beat Denver, still trails 3-1 and a 1-point win for Golden State over Sacramento. That series is tied at 2. The Warriors continuing what happened all season with them. Great at home, but struggles on the road. At the UBS Arena, Carolina beat the Islanders 5-2 and the Hurricanes go up 3 games to 1. All four road teams won in the the NHL, Boston at Florida for a 3-1 lead, Dallas at Minnesota, 
Edmonton at L.A. Both those series in the West are now tied at two. That Oilers-Kings series has had three games go to overtime. The Devils off the OT win in Game 3 will now look to tie up the series with the Rangers tonight. It's Game 4 at the Garden. No wins yet by the home team. Mets had a lead on the Giants, who then rallied, scored 8th inning, won 5-4. Mets now come home. Toronto beat the Yankees 5-1. They won the series, outscoring the Yanks 13-5. It's the first series the Yanks have lost this season. John Stash, and we're Bloomberg Sports. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We're watching futures slip this morning with traders getting ready for a flood of corporate earnings this week and some key economic data at the end of the week that could uh, put the Fed's policy path into focus. Let's get you set for the trading week ahead. We're joined by Dennis Gartman, the chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee and the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, a lot for investors to focus on this week, even with the Fed in its blackout period now. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on where things stand when it comes to the debt ceiling debate, because we did just hear from House Speaker McCarthy yesterday on one of the Sunday shows saying that he does think his bill will pass. Some of the reporting we're hearing, though, is that he might not have the votes from his own party. Lined up. How big a risk would you say uh, the threat of default should be for investors? The risk of default should be relatively minimal, to be quite honest. We, we've been—I've been in this business for almost 50 years. I've seen this process wind its way to to finalization. 
I don't know, five, six, seven times in the course of the past 50 years. We'll get to 11.59.59 on the, on the clock, and they'll come up with an agreement of some sort. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's disconcerting. Yes, it's dismaying. Yes, we look like a third-world nation, but when push comes to final shove, they'll they'll reach some sort of an agreement. It's a little discouraging to find out that even the Republicans are unable to pass a piece of legislation to get it through the House. Whatever they come up with to begin with will be denied by the Senate, but eventually there will be a resolution. It's always come that way. Let, let, let us hope that I'm... Uh, not overly optimistic. Let us hope that I'm absolutely right, and I think that I shall be. This is, as I said, I've lived through this too many times in the past to think that we are stupid beyond belief to allow a default of the, of the United States government obligations. That just won't happen. Or let's put it this way, that just cannot happen. If, there, if, it, if it were to happen, it would be a war effort of consequence. And let, let, let us hope that I'm optimistic and correct. Could we see volatility for investments on the way to that outcome? Not a question. We'll see great volatility, and I think that the, 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 the big risk is to the downside in the stock market at this point. I think that's where the risks lie, not so much in the, in the government securities themselves, but in the, uh, the, the fact that the public has been involved, the fact that uh, we've had a, a huge rally in stocks since the start of the year, predicated basically upon five, share, five companies, Meta, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, and NVIDIA, I think between between the five of them, that that's been almost two thirds of the gain of the S and P five hundred has been predicated upon the the advances of those stocks. That's where the risks lie. And we are going to see, hear from those companies reporting earnings. Uh, many of those companies this week. In fact, what's your expectation on what we're going to see from the earnings from those mega tech uh, mega cap tech companies? Can they continue to keep the kind of momentum that they've shown in the uh, start of this year? Investors better hope that they can continue to keep that type of that type of momentum. They've laid off a lot of people, or it's said that they shall be laying off a number of people. The uh, earnings estimates are beyond my ken, to be quite honest. I'm more facile with the what's going on with government securities, more facile with what's going on in foreign exchange, more facile with what's going on in commodities. I leave the uh, the uh, estimates of earnings of, of corporations to other people wiser than I. Hate to say that, but it's just a. I've learned after the course of five decades of this business, trying to make a an estimate of, of corporate earnings is beyond my ken. Well, you can make an estimate as far as what we're expecting from this Federal Reserve and the possibility yes. of more rate hikes to come and the potential that that could have an impact on credit conditions going forward. What are you seeing when it comes to the risk of a further credit tightening after what we saw in the regional banks in the last couple of months? I think that's a, a, a very fair and a, a estimation that, uh, that shall happen. I don't, I don't think there's any question but that uh, regional banks and smaller banks are tightening up their, their loan applications, their loan requirements. There's no question that that's happening. I think as far as the Fed is concerned, another 25 basis points is, is typed into the market, no question. The question shall be what happens after the May meeting where we'll get 25 basis points. That may be, actually will, may be the, the terminal rate. But when, when will the Fed begin to, to ease monetary policy? When shall they begin to allow the overnight Fed funds rate to decline? That's not going to happen until 2024 at the earliest. It's, it'll, it'll be quite some period of time. The Fed shall sit tight, do nothing after raising 25 more basis points at the May meeting. In our last 30 seconds here, Dennis, do you think that holds up, that thesis holds up if we do see a further credit tightening that could have an impact on uh, what the Fed could do uh, later on this year into next? <clears throat> I think the actual facts of credit tightening by the regional and smaller banks is not going to become public knowledge until 
another five, a month to six weeks out. So the Fed has to deal with what they have on hand at this point, and that's that inflation still is a problematic circumstance. It'll be uh, th- th- there will be a reason for the Fed to <clears throat> to hold rates steady through through the summer into the autumn and into the winter predicated upon a slowing of, uh, of credit availability, but that's going to be down the road someplace. We don't have to worry about that right now. The Fed does not have that, will not have the, the facts of that, that circumstance for quite some period of time yet into the future. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.